Hey there. What's going on? It's me, Ed Gallo. I'm the host of Resume Review, which is the show that you're listening to on the Fight Site Podcast Network or you're watching it on Patreon. Uh, real quick, if you're watching it on Patreon, thank you. You're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. If you're listening on a podcast platform, um, what can I say? If you're listening on a podcast platform and you're, you are a patron of the Fight Site, I'll give you a pass. I mean, it's a little weird that you could be watching the video, but you're listening to it anyway. Because um, I can only assume that means you're not watching the fight at all, not even following along on your own. You're just listening to the video, the audio. That's um, very strange to me. I've had many people DM me and say, Ed, this is, I, I listen to it at work. I just, I like to hear people talk about fights. It's, it's fine. It's not that weird. I just like to hear it. I'm essentially giving play by play of the fight. Say you can't see it. It's weird, right? I mean, I guess I talk about other stuff. I do analysis. I do talk about wind conditions and do evaluate things. And I guess there's a little more to it than just play by play. But if you listen to the scoring show, Bad Calls, where I score fights, if you listen to that and don't watch the video, you're an insane person because that is almost entirely play by play. You know, it's informed play-by-play so it's like you know you you learn something but you have to see what i'm talking about right like what what are you doing so it's all you weird weirdos out there who are just listening and like don't even have the option of looking at the video and don't even go do that like bro what what are you doing anyway this is resume review it's a show where i try to evaluate the quality of wins in mma that's a pretty simple way of putting it um, I usually apply this format to all-time great candidates and see, you know, how their resume holds up. Uh, this is like a super series. Some of them I do like individual episodes where I'll just like look at the three best fights or something like that. Others like George St. Pierre, I go through almost their entire career. And that is what I'm doing right now with Anderson Silva. I believe this is the third episode. Yeah, third episode. And it's a it's a right in the heart of Anderson Silva's title reign in this episode. So we ended off with the, hmm, which fight was it that we just watched? The Forrest Griffin fight <laughs> was the last one we watched. And Anderson Silva fights are interesting because if you're thinking about how well a fighter's opponent did in a loss, pretty much every Anderson Silva win is like their opponent, his opponent looks stupid and bad. So obviously they're not quality by that metric. That's not how we do this. It's not just he made them look bad or he you know beat them up a lot and it was really lopsided. You can be a quality opponent in a lopsided loss. Absolutely. Um, it just depends on how did you approach your win? What tools did you bring to the table? Uh, what were your attributes that supplemented that? Uh, how did everything come together to, to approach the win the way that you were trying to? And for some fighters, you can see like, oh, they have this game plan. They, they have these tools they're trying to implement. This is all good stuff. They seem competent and, you know, you get caught or the other person's just a really good matchup uh, for dealing with that. You know, things happen. There's a lot of other variables to consider. So that's what I do in this series. I consider those variables. I watch the fights. I do these evaluations and I am evaluating skills. I am evaluating game plans and I am evaluating attributes. I'm evalu- evaluating as much as I possibly can to try to come up with this. And then I assign a rating zero to hundred. Uh, for that win, 70 is the minimum for quality. 
um, most fighters in the UFC are borderline, honestly, even today. Um, so going back and watching older fights and trying to find fighters that, that meet the standard of quality, because you have to think about it, 70 to 100 is a pretty huge gap, sure. But also going from like zero to 70, um, from untrained to this composite level is an even more massive gap. So obviously I'm giving them a ton of credit to get that far, but 100 is like the best anyone's ever done in a loss, um, which, you know, it's really hard to give a hundred. I don't think we've really ever had a, a true 100 loss. You know what I mean? Where someone showed that they're the best anyone's ever been. And then they didn't win the fight. Um, closest examples we can get is like, uh, honestly a few Aldo fights where he's like toward close to his prime or like the renaissance he had where he uh you know really sharpened up his defense in the max hallway rematch like that's pretty close um but the aldo mcgregor fight is the one that feels the closest just because that's right either right in or right at the tail end of aldo's physical prime uh, or his the where his physical prime and his technical prime were both at their highest respectively that's usually how you evaluate prime because after that, like his physicality did drop off a decent amount, nothing crazy, still an absurd athlete. And he even is today, but you know what I mean? Dropped off a little bit and then he started to actually progress even more technically, but his style is one that was so heavily bolstered by his athleticism. There's a lot to go into. This isn't about Aldo. There will be one someday, uh, but not this one. So that's just an example, but yeah, he got knocked out really quickly by Conor McGregor. Right. So you can't really judge him in that fight it was 13 seconds what is there's, there's so little information to process so you look at older fights and you make some assumptions essentially but when you have more material to go off of you can do that so like knowing a lot about a fighter before you watch the performance and evaluate it is pretty important uh like for this series we looked at like the forrest griffin fight for example and we said okay knowing forrest griffin's skill set and how he won his last fight how is he approaching this one What's, what is he capable of doing? Was there a better avenue? Did he have a way to make this fight, you know, worthwhile and, and viable? And what did he end up doing? So that is that is what ended up happening, what we ended up looking at for that fight. So even if someone got embarrassed and blanked out, all that stuff happened after he had been dropped and his game plan changed. So I didn't end up giving him, rating him as a quality win for his Griffin, but he was on on his way to being able to do something that I would consider like a quality approach given his skill set. But approach is only part of it. Everything else is going into it too. And his attributes really didn't allow him to pursue that game plan at all. And his attributes looked really bad. And I felt like he looked slow. He didn't have a good chin for a light heavyweight against the middleweight champion. That was uh, not cool. So I don't know. There's a lot of reasons. But you go back and listen to those earlier episodes if you want justifications on that. Even someone like Dan Henderson, who has pretty elite attributes um, and a, a, a a strong skill set, like come from this really strong wrestling base. Um, the way he fought, at least in that fight and around that era, like really not doing himself any favors, honestly. Like he started with a pretty solid game plan, but it was really fragile. Um, similar with Rich Franklin, where he, he was doing something good, but you saw it didn't hold up under duress, under duress whatsoever. So that's the kind of stuff we care about. Um, for this episode, we're going to watch more, more Anderson Silva fights. Where we are chronologically is the Damian Maya fight. I've gone back and forth about whether or not I'm going to watch the Damian Maya fight. It is a infamously terrible, really bad fight. Not much happens. 
Maya does try things, but he does a pretty bad job himself. And uh, Silva doesn't really need to do that much because Maya's doing such a bad job. So with Maya, it's like, do you rate him automatically because of his grappling skill? In my old system, before I made some revisions to my thought process, I would have said, yeah. Um, in my new system, it's like, okay, but how are those skills being utilized? Are they being used in a way that would reliably lead to a win against somebody good? And Anderson Silva is not even a good wrestler. In fact, he's a bad wrestler. And the fact that Damian Maya couldn't get anything going as a grappler shows how disconnected those skills were from the rest of his game and why they ended up not mattering that much. Um, and obviously, as a striker, he was like nothing at the time. So uh, he's either borderline or not or not quality at the time. And that's that's troubling, obviously, because these are title contending fighters, but I'm holding them up to a higher standard of modern fighters because I'm using this evaluation alongside modern fighters uh, of the past five years or so. And this is how it is. You're going to find quality opponents in earlier eras. Just the higher up on weight you go, the less likely it's going to be, honestly. And that's just the way the sport is uh, with the population distribution and the institutions and lots of reasons. Um, that we can get into long form in another time, but there are a lot of reasons for that. So I wasn't expecting to, to find a lot of quality in Anderson Silva's resume, but being able to watch all these fights back, look at what Silva was doing, which is amazing, um, especially how he was like a generation or two ahead of everyone else in terms of skills, um, has been fun. And I'm hoping to find some quality performances from his opponents in here. And I think we're, we're about to have one. Um, this will be a difficult one to evaluate because obviously Chael Sonnen had a ton of success in that first fight against Anderson Silva. I mean, he beat him almost the entire fight. Um, but I'm going to try not to automatically consider that quality just because he did well. You know what I mean? No one else did well. He did better than everyone else. Therefore, he should have a higher rating, right? There are other factors at play, uh, mainly what is Anderson Silva doing? You know? So we'll see, but I think objectively compared to the approaches his other opponents had taken and their skill set to allow him to take that approach, he might be the highest quality win of Anderson Silva's career at this point, which is funny because I don't think I did rate it originally. So I'm going to watch it. I'm going to find out, uh, but this might be the best approach anyone's ever taken to Anderson Silva. So if you are watching on Patreon or you are a patron, you're just listening because you're weird, whatever, you're good. If you're trying to follow along on your own with your own video, like on Fight Pass, the timestamp is 1119. So what I'm going to do is go to a 3, 2, 1 countdown, and then I'm going to say go. And then on go, we'll both hit play and we'll watch simultaneously. Does that sound good? All right. And a quick shout out if anyone didn't see my shirt. Uh, Montgomery County Wrestling Club. Uh, shout out to Coach uh, Jameson. I don't think he's a patron, but shout out to him. Uh, and they're signed as college wrestling. They're a Division Two team, I believe, and they are very um, – they're on the rise. They're growing. I really like what they're doing on social media. I'm going to try to get to some duels this season. They're, they're close to home for me. Uh, but awesome shirt from Rudis. Uh, it wasn't a gift. I bought it, but I just, I really like the shirt. I like the club and uh, yeah, we'll have some wrestling content coming to you soon. All right. So Anderson Silva versus Chael Sonnen. We're going to watch this. Here's the countdown. Three, two, one, go. So Chael Sonnen pressuring. Yeah, obviously his striking form is a bit sloppy. Here's some level changes to set up uh, future level changes. Uh, knee entry was not a great idea. Uh, Silva screws him up a little bit there with the body jab. Sun pressuring with his feet. 
kicking into punches, shooting from the outside, not not good so far, bad approach. Um, really terrible striking approach so far, but he's kind of getting his weight is by being able to toss out a quick one too and getting some kicks on the outside. It's pretty easy to kick Silva from the outside in the beginning of fights. Most of his opponents have done that. Yeah, <laughs> some results out of that catch. Kick catch out gets hit in the body real hard there. Silva counter jabs on his entry. Oh, and he drops him, puts him on his butt briefly. Sonnen does, punches into the clinch, gets some uppercuts off the collar tie. So that that's a cool strategy is is punching and he's he's finding him. He's just finding him on these uh, these straights. Um, so despite the rest of his striking looking really terrible, he found the mark for that that straight. And Silva tried to level change and take him down, and he did. Uh, which is, yikes, he's able to get up. He's on his feet now. A very hectic, frantic approach from Chael Sonnen, really weaponizing his pace, which is probably supplemented by steroids, but <laughs> he's, he's really putting it on him. Uh, Silva does take his time to try to figure out what people are doing and adjust his approach, and he just tanked all of those shots. That was not good. And all right, so I'm going to pause. I'm going to go back. I'm going to show you something. At this 326 mark in the round to so 321 go. Actually, don't don't go. I'm gonna slow it down. So 0.25 speed. All right. I'm hitting play now. So chair level changes. Silva, I guess, is trying to sprawl. So he's getting his his le- his lead leg back so he can start to get his legs back. But look, so now that Chael only has his hands outside the, the backs of the knees, his head isn't in play yet, his legs aren't in play yet. Silva starts collapsing immediately. Look at that. Just driving forward and slightly pulling behind the legs. He falls over right away. Look at that one more time. You can just watch him eat these shots first. But what I'm getting at is that I think the whatever the rib excuse was or whatever it was about Silva's performance, I think there's definitely some truth to that. Because Silva's a terrible wrestler, but I mean he he really physically did not look like he could offer a lot of resistance in that position. All right. I'm going back to normal speed. The round is at 320, as I just said that. Um, so Chael shooting from the outside. Yeah, not great. That worked. And he was lighting him up on the feet. Honestly, he heard him. He, he was being aggressive. He was pressuring him, throwing straight, landing, and, and kept at it. So really good approach so far. Uh, and his attributes, he, I mean, he seems strong. His cardio seems good. He's keeping up a good pace. I mean, this is a quality performance, not high quality, but it's meeting minimum standards for sure. And he's posting, getting his ground and pound going, pulling that wrist out, good control on top. Um, yeah, I mean, he's doing a pretty good job. Everyone else looked a lot worse than this so far, honestly. Um, so I think it was a, a, a nice combination of factors for Chael Sonnen on this night that he um, probably was going to be the best challenge for Silva stylistically. Uh, compared to everyone else he fought, and that there might have been something wrong. And I think there was probably something wrong with Silva, making it even harder for him to deal with this approach. Uh, but yeah, this ride is great. He's controlling the hip on, on the right side and uh, punching underneath the arm. There, now he switched over, uh, crossed his control on his left side and punching with his right arm. Trying to put a choke in with no hooks. That's not going to happen. Um, his weight is directly on top of Silva's hips, and Silva is not... Uh, doing anything there you go he tries to roll through to regard into half guard i mean this is basically what silva has looked like in other fights um 
on bottom. So it's not that crazy, but it is really bad. He is not really doing much besides you know, creating space, regarding, um, just getting, getting beat up. But remember, there have been several fights up to this point where people took Silva down the first round, tried to do a lot of stuff to him. And in the second round, they didn't have anything left and they backed off when he pressured and he finished them. That happened over and over again. So we'll see. We'll see what the second round looks like. Um, that's going to be the true mark of what is Silva like in this performance and what adjustments, if any, does Chael Sonnen need to make to continue to be effective? Because um, other opponents have done this exact same thing and then Silva changed something and they were not completely unable to adapt and fell apart under duress. Now, of course, Chael Sonnen is someone that will 100% fall apart under duress, but we have to see what what is given to him to judge that situation. And he's just lighting him up, stacking and ground and pounding. I mean, it's all good fundamental stuff uh, in terms of ground and pound and, and top wrestling and MMA, but Silva's really not doing anything. His guard is so loose. Uh, he's not really getting grips. He's seen, he looks weak. Um, and I think Jail also probably felt pretty strong at the time. I think he's probably trained like a maniac, and uh, there was definitely a lot helping him to do that. But other fighters could have done that. <laughs> and if in maybe they were and it hadn't really worked out for them so far so we'll see but we're in the last 15 seconds of this round and silva really really doing a terrible job so if anderson silva lost this fight uh would i rate it as quality for chael sonnen i do not know probably probably but he would have to change something he'd have to try to do something else um because if you're just gonna get you know, knocked around on your feet and then do nothing off your back. Um, and then just get let the, he's holding his rib there. Um, then that's not really a good approach, is it? So you can have all the skills in the world, but if you're not applying them in any way that makes sense, um, it's like, that's not a way that you win fights. Um, that's not really a strategy that wins fights ever. And people have won fights like that, but you're not, you shouldn't expect that to work against anybody good. And it's not really the something that I value. If you beat someone who's doing something like that, um, there's Lin Lin in uh, Chill's corner. I'm not sure who this other fellow is. I'm his boxing coach. Um, but yeah, for, for his skill set, Chill Sun's doing a tremendous job. Um, but he does definitely look very hittable and uh, sloppy in a lot of these exchanges on the feet. And he didn't even necessarily do a good job like using his striking to pressure him to the cage to get to that position where he took him down. It was just like Silva's backing up after getting rocked. It was just kind of circumstantial. But there he goes pressuring again, jabbing with him. And he's slipping offline when he jabs, which is pretty good because uh, Silva's counter jabbing a lot. And there uh, he goes for a step in knee entry and, and Chile gets the reactive double. So that's a, that's a reputable, not reputable. Uh, you could repeat it. What is the word? I don't know what the word is. I forget. It's something that can be repeated. Um, replicable. There you go. I knew the word sounded similar, and I was like, what is the word? So there you go. So Silva with, like, not even half guards. His feet are just next to each other. Um, just got a grip around the neck of Chael Sonnen. And he kind of locks off the half guard. I'm, I'm just trying to look what he's doing now. Like, what, what is his, his plan here? Um, we see he did try to pressure more, and he got hit with a reactive shot. So, um you could call that an adaptation. You could probably call that just 
the game plan <laughs> in the first place. I don't think he was expecting to hurt Anderson Silva on the feet and back him up like that, but he was pressuring. He was trying to get him to throw back at him to find opportunities to, to open up those shots, I think. So totally fair game plan for a wrestler with a one-two. Um, so I, I respect it. I think it's a good good approach. But it's just it's it makes it difficult to evaluate because once he's getting these positions, Anderson Silva is kind of useless, um, which is funny because this is where he wins the fight. <laughs> he submits him off his back, which is hilarious. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm looking for how well a, a performance holds up under duress, and I'm not really sure there's been any, if that makes sense. Um, but other opponents have fallen apart just by Silva pressuring. Like not even anything he threw specifically, just that he got them to back up. They freaked out and they didn't have anything to, de- to deal with it and their striking defense was terrible. And you can pretty much chalk that up to none of them had reactive takedowns in their arsenal. Um, they tried and they were really bad at it. So Shilson is the only one who was like, actually technically equipped to do that um which is you know that's sad for Silva's resume that his opponents uh were lacking something that everyone would consider pretty basic at this point but again it's like MMA has changed a lot over time and the competencies that everyone was expected to have then are so different than they are now um and still not everyone can hit a reactive takedown but it's just so much more common um just random undercarders can do it yes jail stacking like silva has risk control but he's just kind of playing he's not even really doing anything with it and son's super easily able to risk roll out of that and get his get his ground and pound going again posting on the rib yeah just stacking getting inside inside grips Silva really just trying to submit him off his back and he's not really setting up any strong situations like when he's in tight he's pulling him down to control his posture which doesn't it's like a step before whatever you're going to do to stop your submission and then when Sun's stacked he's actually going to move his hips and get those grips but then when he's stacked that's when it's not going to work so you need to create these separations with control in these positions where Chelsea comes down to rest which is funny that's that's how he ends up submitting him, um, but there he goes tr- trying to swivel his hips and uh, really quick uh, square enough adjustment by his son just putting his shoulder back in, uh, pretty easy. <laughs> goes elbow to the leg and elbow to the head combination from Sonnen, and take a quick drink. But yeah, so. Let me think more about evaluating this because just on principle, I really don't want to call Chael Sonnen a quality win. But I mean, this is, this is probably the best performance of his career. So a guy who's typically not a quality fighter or a quality win, you might say, um, might have one or two performances in him where he was quality in a loss. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just have Ryan in the back of my head saying, like, no, Chael Sonnen isn't a quality win. But I have always been more generous with this stuff than Ryan is. And uh, this won't be the first time. This won't be the last time that, that he disagrees uh, with the way that I rate somebody. Um, but I don't know. Just based on the criteria that I've established and the, the, the way I've been going, 
um, with these ratings. I feel like I'm going to have to. Um, definitely not a B tier, but I think just like, do I rate him as quality at all? Uh, yeah, probably low, low 70s just because the competencies are pretty shallow. Um, it's really just he can throw a one-two, he used the pressure, and he has this top game that's pretty basic, just you know, stacking. But you know, from from more traditional wrestling positions like there, uh, from Turtle, uh, he's better. Obviously, he's he's got a background there. Um, so it's really just like the wrestling and, and this this pretty basic ground and pound system. But you have to think of like actual jujitsu. He doesn't totally know what he's doing, but Silva's attempts have been pretty uh, ineffective. Uh, but yeah, in terms of attributes. He hasn't really been hit hard in the head yet, but typically it's it's been his composure, not his chin, literally, that lets him down in striking situations. Um, ate some pretty tough body kicks. You know, cardio has been good so far, but he is getting to do what he wants with pretty minimal resistance. So that's not really a great test of that. But I mean, other opponents that Silva has fought at this point gassed getting their fight after the first round. So. Yeah, that's that's a pretty terrible reaction on the feet, but you know, it's part of the game plan to pressure. He needs to be pressuring. His defense isn't good, but if he can eat the shots, that makes the game plan viable. Circling aimlessly, getting kicked on the outside. Yeah, I think he wants a little bit of a breather, not pressuring quite the same way. Yeah, punched through through from the space. Uh, let's go look at that one more time. He punched through from space into the shot. It was from pretty far away. Um, so I'm at 442. I'm going to set it to 0.25 speed. I'm going to take a look at this again. All right, three, two, one, go. So yeah, steps through his stance. You can call it shifting if you want. Steps through his stance on a, on his rear straight. Ducks his head. All right, so Silva's throwing a counter because he, he threw out of range. This is actually very similar to the entry that Dustin Poye hit on Conor McGregor uh, when he knows someone's trying to counter punch you throw a very counterable shot <laughs> and then level change, but level changing from that far away is pretty tough. Um, so, you know, the distancing was a little exaggerated. Um, just reaching, reaching straight out while falling to his knees. Oh, wow. He, he got a very explosive penetration step there. Uh, he covered a lot of distance. I was not expecting that based on his base and his posture. That that's pretty incredible. I uh, got in really deep on that. Um, and he's going, trying to get knee tap finished. He's trying to pull on that left side of the knee and uh, guide the hips down towards his left uh, with that right hand. And he just kind of dragged him with that, with that left hand grip, which is just, that shouldn't have worked. He should have had to do more there. He was really out of position. Uh, so one more time. Watch how much space he covers right there. Yeah, how far his, his knee goes. Um, yeah, his uh, his right leg. Watch Chael's right leg when he shoots. That's so freaky. <laughs> he's going to throw this shot. Right leg, ready? Steps through, and then he's going to take his penetration step. Pushes off really hard with his other foot to get that, to get that uh, explosion, uh, to be able to cover that distance. Pretty cool. Uh, so really strong entry. I liked the idea, uh, but... Anderson Silva's reaction once he was on the legs was like nothing. Um, we're normal speed again. Now I'm at four 30 of the third round. Um, yeah. Silva going Kimura again, which is what he did uh, last time. Shell had turtle. He's trying to control wrists, not get beat up. Knees to the butt. from Chael. 
Yeah. It's a relatively modern wrestling for MMA type of performance from Chael. I mean, that setup was pretty familiar to me. Um, just the idea of pressuring to draw the counter and then shooting under the counter. That's fairly advanced, you might say. Um, the ride is not really that much because Silva is not really offering anything off of this turtle position. He's very easy to ride. Chael's just riding parallel with his hips on top of him. Doesn't really need to do anything fancy. Um, and then just like stacking, stacking and ground and pounding. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's checking the boxes of what you need to do in this type of performance. And he has good tools. Like his double is genuinely pretty impressive for that entry. Um, the finish, yeah, I didn't love it, but <laughs> sometimes if it's this type of opponent who doesn't really have competency in wrestling, but it's hard to wrestle sometimes because of his striking, um, just being able to get in on the legs is, is good enough. Um, was holding him back. I mean, as we'll see later, a submission defense, I would say focus of the game plan fades over time. Uh, you know, you could call it the rest, you could call it something. Um, and I, I think just depth overall of, of his grappling. I, I think he wouldn't have ended up in that situation overall. I think he would have passed his guard a million times uh, if he was still stacking ground and pounding the way he was before. Um, I guess he doesn't necessarily want to pass his guard, which is a pretty old school uh, way of thinking about ground and pound that you just want to stay in this guard position and just keep hammering. But ultimately when they're starting to, to give up those positions, you, you should do it. Um, and Silva has the body triangle on now. You can still stack from a body triangle. Um, they have to get the inside grips and pop right up, but it'll be harder to shake it off, but it'll also be hold- harder for the other person to hold a body triangle while their hips are elevated like that. So I would recommend but I think Sun is uh, pretty tired at this point. Um, used a lot of energy just to get that takedown in the first place, and it's been uh, kind of phoning it in with his, his ground and pound here. He's doing the bare minimum to, to score. Um, and, of course, Silva's been doing the bare minimum off his back the entire fight, so why why does he have to be the one that actually does things? He's winning, you know? <laughs> I think if he could be doing more, he probably would. I think he's just tired. It's middleweight, you know, it's been a, it was a pretty hectic pace for that, those first couple of rounds. Yeah. So he's like committing hands to attacking the guard and like reaching back and doing a lot of stuff you, you're not supposed to do. Um, it doesn't bite him until later. I'm sure Silva noticed. Don't want to be like trying to submit him all the time. Uh, once at least as many resets as he can get back to his feet. And if you try to submit someone you fail, it might pass your guard. And of course, Charles doesn't really seem like he's threatening to pass his guard, but that would make things different. Yeah, he's just holding him down, holding his posture. I'm not really sure what's going through his head at this point. He's a hard man to read. But just the fact that he does finish him from this position. Um Makes you think that there had to be be some sort of thought process as to what he could do later on. Like I said, Chelsea was doing things that would get him triangled most of the fight. Um, Silva didn't actually really try to fish for it until later. I mean, he had that like one armbar attempt that he really seemed like he was going to commit to. That was kind of it. Um, I think it's just physically difficult for him to do it um, with his injury. So we'll see what happens. I think round four 
should be the one where uh, Silver hurts him on the feet over the elbow. Just pretty crazy what the wind condition is for him that he can really not spend any time having like a normal striking match in the feet with Anderson Silva, or he'll get hurt almost immediately. I mean, he was getting countered a bit early, but it, it was it was so you know frantic and hectic, and it was still early before Silva really like was ready to do things. Um, but he got away with it. But as it progressed, you could see him hanging out on the outside a little more, saying like, "I don't want to jam myself into the pocket over and over again." Because I mean, he's coming into like crazy bad angles and like out of stance and like turning away. Um, so yeah, you're going to hit hard and it's going to suck if you get countered in those positions. Like his striking is really at this point, just to get to his wrestling. Cause he really does not know how to deal with being countered. Um, Cause you've seen him like just plainly outstrike people in MMA fights before uh, Chael Sonnen, but it's mostly like having an inside leg kick and a one, two. And uh, that's really all he needed because uh, people didn't want to rush in on him. They didn't get taken down. They're trying to, you know, in quotes, respect his wrestling. But really, it's just getting yourself outstruck. <laughs> so round four starting. And yeah, immediately he gets countered. He walks into a counter, uh, tries to lean away from that kick there. That's that step in elbow. They drops him with Silva does. Now he's pressuring, gets a straight there. I actually uh, digs underhooks and creates separation on the double attempt. Gets a kick there, <laughs> goes low kick there. Actually gets the counter from Sun in there. Uh, the really sharp jab, tries to weave through into a left hook, just throwing super hard. Chill drops straight down for the double. Silva sprawls, puts him on top. I mean, this is this is the adjustment. This is him going for it, right? Elbow to the body from Silva. So there, there's your there's your adjustment from Silva. And how did Chell respond? Really badly, really badly. So. <laughs> As expected, this is what happened in round two of most of Silva's fights where he got wrestled in the first round, but it just took longer here. But Chael did slow down. Chael's sitting up into his double leg and... Oof. Oof. All right, let's take a look at that again. I'm going back to a 4.15. Let's go half speed. We don't really need to go super slow for this. So we're in half guard here. Chael sits up with the underhook. Um, and I can't see what's going on on the other side. I mean, I assume there's a wizard going on the other side with the right arm for Silva, but he's using his left arm to frame, uh, not really getting his hips back because he wants to, you know, stay on top, stay in this half guard position. So Chael's still sitting up with his underhook. And yeah, Silva abandons the frame, tries to go cross face a little bit. Uh, but you can tell Chael kind of has free, free reign on the underhook, then switches, reaches through. There's nothing stopping him. There's no underhook on that side. There's no frame there's no cross face really uh, so reaches across to the butt so Chael Sonnen's completely on his butt reaching both hands to lock underneath Anderson Silva's butt Silva's kind of posting starting to sprawl again that's what he wants bro that's what he wants uh you need to attack the head and the face you need to get, attack the arms the grips because right now all he has is his grips um so you need to put put him back on his back stop him from leaning up into you uh but he's going to treat it like a double leg and try to get his hips back, but that's going to take too long because he has that grip already. So he's trying to build back up. See that? He's trying to build back up and get his legs back, but Chael's already turning the corner. I uh, see how his leg folded over there. Not great position, but really just turning uh, and using that grip to put him on his hip and cover up, and then he's got it. Uh, so yeah, just uh, failing in trans transitional grappling from Silva. Uh, it's at 3.59 now. I Back to normal speed. Yeah, that's not good. Um, 
which probably shouldn't have worked, but it happens. <laughs> so I liked the adjustment from Silva to come out and pressure hard and counter hard and, and combo and flurry and do everything he did to Dan Henderson, basically. Um, but Jail ate it all, which was pretty good, and he didn't uh, do what Dan Henderson did. Well, actually, no, he did do what Dan Henderson did and shot a terrible uh, double, but he ended up surviving because uh, he's a better grappler than Dan Henderson was. Yikes. Yikes. Dan Henderson was a really bad grappler. Um, I say was like he got better. Not really, but <laughs> he didn't really get better. Uh, yeah, Chelsea's not a better scrambler than Dan Henderson. How about that? It's funny that both guys who did well folk style in college and then had really illustrious Greco careers. Uh, but Chael's the one who hung on to his folk style way more than, than Henderson did. But I think it was also because Chael was fighting at least amateur, uh, like close to when he was in college. So his MMA game developed when he was still wrestling folk, I believe. And Henderson didn't start until he was full-time Greco. Chael was pulling double duty pretty much the whole time. That's my theory. That's why that happened. Henderson is also famously lazy. And going upper body on people, if you're good at it, is going to be easier than like shooting and working through shots and scrambling and, and all that jazz. Um, so I think, you know, we just released a podcast with Connor Rebush and uh, Tuman on Tengradome talking about fighter personalities and how it affects style. And that I think that's an example. <laughs> I just think that's definitely an example. So yeah, just a post elbow there from, from Son. Same stuff he's been doing the entire fight pretty much. Um, so they're going feet on hips, not really with any intention, just kind of being annoying on bottom. Yeah, uh, what I'd really like to do is skip ahead to the end of the fight because I feel like no new developments are going to happen in this round. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do that. I'm going to skip through this guard work and uh, take us into the next round. See how Silva begins the round. See what Chael Sonnen has to deal with. Because again, we are evaluating Chelsea, but I can't help but also evaluate Silva because it's, uh, you know, injury or, or not. He uh, he had a lot of stuff that was lacking. So Chelsea and pressuring again. So Silva's got to land at least one good counter. Uh, so there he goes and down blocks and Chelsea just falls over, which is terrible. Uh, but he doesn't, now Silva doesn't want to get on top of him and cover because one, he needs to finish him. And two, oh my gosh, I think he just got dropped with the jab. No, he punched him in the back of the head. Um, yeah, Silva got hit in the back of the head while trying to uh, evade. And yeah, I mean, he's super sloppy at this point. It's the fifth round. He's been getting beat up the entire time. He's not going to look his best on the feet. Uh, but yeah, he actually drops him there. So Chael Sonnen super consistent with his game plan. Uh, Got to give him that. And it's it was a game plan that totally worked. And it working, so I'm trying to go well. Uh, it working is mostly, mostly, a product of it being a pretty good approach, but there's a decent chunk that you can attribute to Silva having a lot of failings. So that's, that's where you can get into the territory of why wouldn't this be quality is would it have worked if Silva was competent in these areas? Um, but because I was so close to awarding quality status, to these other people who did way worse than this and had way worse approaches and way worse, everything contributing to their win condition. Um, you know, it seems kind of unfair 
So I don't know, maybe I'll throw it on there, but I mean, the way Silva is positioned on my list right now in terms of all time wins, um, it's not going to make a huge difference for him to have one more low C ranked win. Um, <laughs> so I might as well just throw it on there, but yeah, it's kind of a spoiler. I believe one of our patrons, I, 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 I think I know who it is. Um, but he, um, it's like mixed Asian symbols. Like I don't think it's just Chinese or just Japanese, but it's like water something. Uh, you should tell us what to call you, honestly, so I can reference you more often because you comment on all of our stuff. So I want to be able to acknowledge you. Um, water bottle. Uh, anyway, uh, he was saying, so where does Silva end up on the all time? Like, let's let's see it. Where does he rank after all this? I'll just tell you, not not in the top 20. Um, I think it's just going to take resume reviews on who the top 20 is to, to clarify why and why they have better wins and such. But my list is really almost entirely wins. Um, I think we're about to hit the finish here. So sudden punching pretty recklessly, uh, you know, posture down and guard here. I mean, any one of these situations could have been a triangle. Um, I think it's just a matter of Silva actually getting the wrist control and uh, just pushing one of those arms back and being able to pass the leg over. But if something is like fully postured up on his knees, so it shouldn't be that easy. But uh, yeah, now he's down. He's posturing down because Silva's punching him. So that actually, and there's there's the elbows there. So he's uh, a little confused. And that's what set up that situation with Sonnen being a little bit uh, flustered with his posture because of Silva striking off his back. And that's what set up the posture that allowed him to uh, put that triangle. And of course, Shell didn't either didn't know how to defend the triangle or was too tired to do the right thing. He tried to do the, uh, the fake tap there. Yeah. Anyway. This is a, this is one of Anderson Silva's best wins. Uh, not one of his best performances at all, obviously, but the fighter that pushed him the most with a smart, consistent game plan with good attributes, good ideas behind it, good, good skills to do what he was trying to do. Um, so I definitely respect that one. Um, very impressive that he actually won that and very, you know, terrible for Chael Sonnen, obviously, but it wasn't like he like suddenly gave up. Chael was doing pretty much what he did the entire fight uh, at that point, which is interesting. Um, but it was just a matter of Silva actually setting up that situation a little bit with, um, with that striking off his back. So I actually, uh, yeah, I think he actually created that win. It wasn't just jail, like choking necessarily. Of course, if he was better, it wouldn't have happened, but <laughs> that's true about pretty much every, every fight. Uh, okay. Let's watch at least three more. I think we can do Belfort, Okami and Sun and two, uh, before this is wrapped up. So those are pretty quick. So let me hop in there. So Anderson Silva, and the only thing I regret about the Silva Belfort fight that for in terms of rating is that Vitor Belfort is a fighter who completely and totally shuts down after some time if he's not winning. <laughs> and uh, I would have liked to seen what happened in like a second or third round in this, uh, but we're not going to get that because we got a really awesome knockout instead. Like, oh no, we have a knockout. Um, but I don't know. It's like my my conundrum is I am inclined to rate Vitor in this fight because of how he looks on the feet. But then, you know, I have to remember that would he have looked any good after that? Probably not. Um, anyway, 
So the timestamp on this video is 12:23. Anderson Silva versus Vitor Belfort. Uh, three, two, one, go. So we got a closed stance matchup here. Silva didn't fight many southpaws in his career. I believe Sonnen was one, and that gave him some problems. So let's see what Vitor's approach is. Obviously, Vitor very blitzy on the feet, especially at this time period. Super crazy heavy hands. Um, so if you just watched him get dropped three times by Chael Sonnen, you'd be like, oh my God, Vitor is going to knock him out. Uh, so I could, I could understand being pretty excited about this, but you also have to understand it was Chael's frantic, hectic, I'm going to wrestle you any second now approach, like just repeatedly crashing into him. That kind of caused the confusion and the chaos that allowed him to get Silva out of like a good striking mode. But obviously that's an indictment of Silva that that was even able to happen to him. But when you're severely lacking in an area, uh, it can definitely affect you <laughs> in other areas. Um Shout out Conor McGregor getting dropped by Khabib. So, so both guys doing nothing, but I think uh, from Vitor, it does make sense. And for Silva, that's what he always does in the first round. So no game plan identified yet from Vitor, but he's not losing because no one has thrown a strike. <laughs> it's been over a minute. No strikes have been thrown. A low kick lands to the calf there from Belfort. That's been part of pretty much everyone's game plan against Silva is kick him from the outside in the beginning. I think Vitor actually avoids getting hit with that, uh, that side kick to the leg, that stomp kick. Yeah, Silva picking up his, uh, his milling with his hands sometimes sets up the pressure before he gets striking, tries to get his opponent's feet out of position. I get him to back up, get him to panic a little bit before he starts actually pressure striking, but I think he's just trying to draw something out of Vitor. He's doing it again. A lot of feints, no actual striking. Vitor not, not taking it. There's another low kick. So at this point, Vitor Belfort is winning off the strength of two low kicks, and this isn't a game plan where he's going to exhaust himself or become discouraged because there's just not that much happening yet. It's usually like I tried to knock this guy out. I haven't knocked him out or he's like grappling me and I'm tired now. And I know I'm not going to knock him out. I'm going to give up. That's typically what it's like for Vitor. Um, this kind of fight is honestly one where I could see him persisting and not, not getting, Oh, there's a one, two that lands for Belfort time to Silva circling out out of stance. Um, so that's pretty smart. You just be competent on the feet with him and then wait for him to do some BS and, and try to hit him then. Um, Works for Chris Wybin. Oh, nice. Ducked under the head kick and actually uh, countered with a takedown. And Silva almost scrambled up with the underhook there to take his back and hit a knee on the break. But yeah, Silva actually threatened him there. So he had to get up. <laughs> Vitor punching off his kick there. Silva responds as a one-two that uh, troubles Silva. Misses that, but follows up to make sure he doesn't get countered or tries to you know hit him when he's out of position from avoiding. And there's the kick. Um, it was pretty quick. But in terms of striking, that's the best anyone's ever done against Anderson Silva. And Anderson Silva, like with Chael, he was more successful, but the approach wasn't good for striking. It was good for the rest of his game plan, and it all happened to come together and allowed him to do that. Also, Silva possibly diminished, um, but that was so Vitor like at least going even or winning the striking in in a way that could have persisted and been an interesting game plan. So I do rate that win. 
for Silva because I think it was a Belfort that was actually going to give him a tough time. But you, you know, put him away in the first round. So what are you going to do? Um, yeah, I do. I do enjoy uh, looking at that and being like, okay, yeah, there's there's Vitor doing a pretty good job. Um, and Anderson did a pretty good job too. So a couple couple more fights. Let's go through this. Uh, let's watch the Okami fight because Okami is. In my mind, it's a similar proposition to the Forrest Griffin fight, where it's a big guy who theoretically could top game you, but the wrestling isn't really right for it, if that makes sense. It's not like skill for skill, the wrestling isn't good enough to beat Anderson Silva because that's not a very high bar to clear, but wrestling style, he is a lot more upper body um, or cage wrestling, which requires pressure, requires, you know, other things like it's not like a cheat code like a, a, a good double leg um so i don't know we'll see so here's this fight Timestamp is uh 12.06 and i'm going to count it down three two one go yeah similar conundrum to forrest griffin where he needs to strike with him to get to those positions and he's just kind of too slow and um really predictable for silva like it's no it's no coincidence the people that he counter jabbed really easily are pretty similar in style the <laughs> and forrest griffin and it's another uh close stance matchup because okami's a southpaw so silva switching stances though doing a lot of uh hand fight on the open on the close side rather trying to draw out the, the rear hand he shows them that he doesn't have the distance on it Yeah, Anderson Silva more, I talked about it with Ryan after the last episode. It's like, I kept saying, like, when does he become a counterpuncher again? And Ryan's like, pretty much never. Um, it's just like people that gave him really, really easy counters or he had the counter jab. I mean, he even counter jabbed uh, Israel Adesanya. So it's definitely something he has for sure. Um, did to Chael a lot. Problem Chael actually built in the mechanic to his, his jabs and straights to really get his head off center, which is why he was throwing himself out of position. There's Okami trying to commit, trying to dirty box, trying to essentially do a really slowed down version of what Jail did. Um, this is the jab from Silva. But I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's gone. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Jail was actually had a game plan for the way he was going to strike to not get counter jabbed. He still got counter jabbed, but he was trying. There's <laughs> Okami pretty much coming straight in. Oh, yeah. Slow reactions there gets hit in the lead from Silva. There's his jab. It's overhand from Silva. Yeah, he's just boxing with him at this point in, in open space. I mean, if you're a good boxer, that could be a winning game plan against Anderson Silva. Um, seems like that's what he's trying to do. Pressuring him with his feet more than anything. Not very actively, but incrementally. Silva slips that straight. You know, hit a straight shot into the clinch against the cage, trying to go collar tie and get some uppercuts. And now you're clinching with Anderson Silva, so let's see you know, how you do here. Silva seems pretty comfortable to me. He's got that frame in against the chest. And he has, like, his eyes closed. He's really, really relaxed. But, I mean, Okami... This is a rep replicable game plan, I, I would say. Um, he could get these sorts of positions. He's got an underhook now. Uh, Silva, a little bit more urgent to not be in that position. 
uh, pushing off, creating space, uh, anticipating a knee, hits his own knee. Okami knees outside. Yeah, Silva's definitely <laughs> hitting his way harder just by having his back in the cage. But this is something that Okami could do uh, for five rounds is really, really patiently and carefully try to pressure near the cage and then, you know, hit those straights into clinch situations or jab his way into clinch situations. The problem is this is not Silva's full game plan, so it's not really been tested quite yet. Uh, like I said before, a bunch of Silva fights where someone has success grappling with him or clinching him or whatever in the first round, and then he pressures in the second round and they fall apart. Um, you know, Kami not really the reactive double leg guy, and he's actually getting outstruck in this situation, so it might not be as good of a game plan as he thought it might be. Um, getting outstruck with you know Silva's back to the cage. Would the judges have recognized that? I'm not sure, but I think it would have taken enough of a toll on Okami that he, it would have led to more success in other areas for Silva, so probably wouldn't have ended up mattering. Um, shoulder strike there just in case people thought Conor McGregor invented it. Goes wide, wide left hook to Silva. Goes front kick to the body. One snap kick. I mean, Okami, like, decently composed with what he's throwing. Um, hasn't fallen apart quite yet. Just not really a power threat of any sort. And Silva jabbing with him. He actually hit him there to Okami. It does remind me of Rich Franklin way back. Um, who was actually throwing decent-looking combinations. Uh, but then once he got pressured and he was on the back foot, it was a completely different guy. <laughs> and Okami actually, like, trying to take smaller steps backward and jab as uh, Silva advances. Silva has just more variety, and uh, Okami's defensive reactions are pretty limited. And it's just slipping, and there's the head kick to, to counter that potentially. Um, so is this holding up under duress? starting to not <laughs> to not hold up um, defensively. He doesn't really have much for him. And in his position that was supposed to be his win condition to clinch, uh, he was not good enough there. So that is more of a symptom of Silva being good there, but Okami also wasn't doing anything that interesting to me. Uh, that intrigues me from a value perspective and just not being able to leg attack. I'm like, it really, you know, your whole thing being that you, you can top game people where is that you know how are you how are you going to do that um what was the game plan for that is it a long-term game plan if it's a long-term game plan you need to be able to do more on the feet or have better answers for when he pressures you because if you need to last a long time you need to have skills that are going to allow you to do that or attributes that are going to allow you to do that so i'm not sure if that's the case here yeah he parried the hand and uh <laughs> kicked over it that's nice Coming into round two, let's see if Silva pressures or if he's just okay having that pretty much same exact fight because he's winning um, and he's pretty comfortable here because Okami, you know, is landing a little bit, but nothing really that seems to be threatening Silva particularly. He seems very comfortable. And yeah, Okami lands the, the two on that combination, gets check hooked there. Now, now Silva's pressuring and he's throwing more aggressively, fainting a lot, getting really twitchy, milling a lot. And Okami uh, doing basically everything he did before, just backing up a little bit and trying to counter jab himself. Silva parrying that jab and getting into more of a boxing stance, trying to wait on him, trying to time the jab. 
letting him let him get him off, encouraging him to keep doing it. And as the counter jab to kind of slip outside of it a little bit, he really didn't even slip it that much. He just kind of pivoted a bit and uh, put him offline for the jab and rocked him with that. Maybe he's like, okay, this job guy's just going to jab me and like occasionally throw a straight. I can just kind of counter jab with him the entire time. So essentially he gave Silva the exact kind of boxing match he wants and that he is best at is I'm going to go head to head with your best weapon on the feet. So I think it was more of a Okami saying, this is what I know how to do type of thing than anything specific for Silva. But I know he trained with Chelsea on him for this. Um, he, he started training with Chelsea on him after Chelsea beat him, which is a, a good bit before this, I believe. So yeah, slips that straight. Knew it was coming because he was playing with that lead hand. So all he had to throw was the rear hand. Uh, sharp kick to the body there from Silva. And there's another check hook. He's hitting at the whole fight. And there's the ground and pound, which I've always enjoyed. He, he gets a lot of uh, range of motion on his ground and pound. Um, it's a good extension on his arms, not little Brock Lesnar punches. Uh, big knee to the body. And following him really well, posting really well. Really good ground and pound system from Anderson Silva. Uh, Miguel, our patron, was uh, commenting on that in the last one. That's something that really holds up for Silva over time. But yeah, it's like with Okami, big, strong guy, has a good top game, you know, decently competent wrestler, you know, very physical, but couldn't really put a game on him at all and didn't really seem like that was ever going to go anywhere with that game plan. So I, you know, if you want to call that quality, you can, but I don't think that approach is going to beat most fighters who are good. Um, he didn't really have much going on there. It's just funny that like guy with a one, two who can clinch a little bit and is big and strong and has a good ground game. Like that's a middleweight title contender in 2011 and uh, Kelvin Gastelum <laughs> similar, similar that in, in his limitations, but I just wanted to make the joke that he only had a one, two, but actually Kelvin Gastelum much more of an attribute threat than Okami is because Okami's attribute threat is, is being big and strong. Kelvin Gastelum's attribute threat is being, you know, fast and powerful and having good cardio, which is uh, supplements that approach quite a bit. Um, it's only like Kelvin Gastelum much more dangerous than applying his wind condition. Cause like, yeah, I only have these limited tools in the feet, but my attributes make it really dangerous and I can stick around forever. And you kind of have to finish me for that to stop being a threat. Um, and then you throw in the other supplemental skills that like his scrambling to get out of grappling exchanges or, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot more working for him. So that's why someone like Kelvin, despite being very limited as well, has a better winning condition, a better game suited for winning than someone like Okami does. This is just becoming the tour of me saying why these guys aren't, aren't high quality. Um, it's, it's kind of a waste of time to try to, you know, justify like a low C rating for every single one, because it's like, that's not really going to get Silva anywhere on the list. Um, I mean, I'll take a look at who's above him and see if there's justification to bump him up with, with a couple more uh, bare minimum type of opponents, but I don't think we're going to get there. All right. So last one is uh, for this episode is going to be Chael Sonnen. Uh, next episode, we are not going to watch the Stefan Bonner fight at, at all. Um, obviously Stefan Bonner is not a quality opponent. Uh, then we're going to watch the Nick Diaz fight. So next episode will be Diaz, Bisping, and Brunson. Because um, he does technically win the Brunson fight. 
the Bisping fight is close enough that I'll, I'll score it a little bit. And I can say like if Bisping would have been a quality win and also what kind of win Silva is for Bisping um, in the DS fight, he wins that one. So we'll do that. But yeah, last one's going to be the Chael Sonnen rematch uh, in 2012, two years later. And uh, yeah, I, I guess we'll see what the, what the differences are between the two performances uh, from both guys because we just watched the first one. So we'll have it all fresh, fresh in our memory. Uh, so Anderson Silva holding this up live. Very. I would have all the videos ready ahead of time, but actually Fight Pass doesn't let you preload multiple videos. Like if I opened them in separate tabs, it would uh, like not. It wouldn't work to play the next video the next time I go to the next one because it, it would have still be thinking about the first video that I played. It's not. I'm not explaining it well, but I've tried it a bunch of times. Um, it actually doesn't work. Oops. Scroll too far. All right. So we're getting set to start this one. Uh, the timestamp is going to be 1222. Get yourself to 1222 on this video if you're watching. And here's the countdown. Three, two, one, go. Chael coming out hot, doing the exact same thing, exact same thing that he did the first time. Uh, crashing in the pocket, getting him to throw, and then reacted as a double under the, the response counter. And on top, doing pretty much the exact same stuff. Uh, on bottom, Silva doing the exact same stuff. So, so far, it's identical. Like completely identical. <laughs> so at this point, Chell knows that he can pretty much take Silva down whenever he gets a clean bite in the legs. Um, so any pocket exchange where Silva's going to throw back at him is fair game because he can get his level change in and, and do it. Yeah, Silva uh, hipping a lot more. I wouldn't really call it shrimping, but getting his hips moving a lot more and uh, using like, I don't know what you call them, like reverse hooks in 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 guard, uh, hooking the inside of uh, Sonnen's ankles and pushing his legs out, disrupting his base. That's making it harder for him to stack. But Chael actually trying to pass there. Yeah, pushing by that knee and going to half. Going cross body ride. Not really, doesn't really have this locked at all. Going wrist control. <laughs> Get a little back elbow to the sun in there. Yeah, he's got head. he did have head and arm control. Just uh, chest to chest now. Silva's just locking down that position. Don't know if he wants to get a stand up or what the plan is. But honestly, like from full guard, Silva's best moments at the end were that he was hurting Sun and striking off his back. So maybe you do that to evoke the reactions that you want. Or you learn how to get up, but, you know, who's going to do that? <laughs> That's crazy talk. How could he possibly get up with the cage right behind him, you know? They didn't invent it, invent cage walking yet. I'm kidding. They obviously did. Um, Sonnen hitting knees to the, uh, the body from half guard, and it's pretty cool. Because, I mean, if Silva doesn't care about regarding, then sure, 
free up that leg to do whatever you want with it. Which is funny because Silva should care about regarding, but he's in, trying to lock down half guard. So yeah, he's not gonna be of of the mind to open up his guard fully at that point. Man, I would love to skip past the rest of this round. That'd be great. <laughs> Sun and postures up to throw, and uh, Silva tries to slip past it and get a head and arm gripper, uh, get an underhook to try to get an angle toward the back from his half guard. But so I mean, Silva doing a much better job, but stopping Sonnen from hitting him at this point. But that's not really contributing to a win necessarily. It's just like negating the impact of the position. Of course, he won the first fight, so he's like, why do I have to change anything? But obviously, that was a pretty low percentage outcome. He didn't figure out how to set up that, that submission attempt till the very end. And I think Sun was a little bit more vulnerable to it, uh, just didn't have quite have the energy to control his posture as well as he wanted to. Yeah, so I'm continuously missing uh, on these straight ground and pound shots and ending up uh, with Silva at an angle. Um, but the angle would have been crossbody, so Silva would have had to play like octopus guard or something like that. It wouldn't have been the traditional like sit up into an underhook from half guard situation because he's on the wrong side. So, yeah, let's uh let's go ahead and skip through this final minute. And Chill mounted him, but yeah, right. Like he's gonna do anything there. He's gonna hang out, put chest to chest. All right. So let's take a look at round two here. Same exact start. Shell jabbing in, gets an underhook entry off of that. Yeah, Silva grabbing the shorts, uh, goes for a single against the cage, just using that to turn him around. If he, if he does, that would be a good use for it. Obviously, he's not going to finish the single against the cage. Yeah, Silva's gotten a couple takedowns in his career, but they were reactive shots. They weren't like him procedurally finishing a single from, from a really bad position. Um, Silva really just keeping that arm in there to close the lane that Shell could use to uh, to shoot on him. But of course, Shell also has upper body chops, so he could use the position to take him down anyway. But when your hips aren't in tight, it's pretty difficult. He's trying to lock his hands from over under. Yeah, there's he tries to come outside and uh, reshoot into the double, but Silva's arms had not moved out of the way at all. So it's pretty, pretty much a long shot that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, Silva keeping posts on the hips, making sure he can't get his hips near. Definitely grabbing his shorts, hitting him off of grabbing his shorts, which is not, not okay. But Silva's backing up and counter jabbing. Really sloppy counters there, but he stabs the body with that. Nice sprawl and actually gets the wizard and, and, and changes angles with him when he tries to turn the corner. So it's much better wrestling from Anderson Silva and uh, ducks under the spinning back fist and kills him. Uh, <laughs> so I would say this performance by Chael Sonnen was identical to the first one. It was pretty much exactly the same. And um, Anderson Silva is the one who looked better by a lot <laughs> um, in many ways and just absolutely destroyed him once, uh, once he had this opportunity. So holding up under duress, I don't even count it as that. Well, throwing the spinning back fist is him not holding up under, under duress. Everything that happened after that was you can't even factor it into an evaluation unless you're saying like Chell's ability to survive and be durable would be part of it. But I feel like it's the same. I feel like Chell was the same. I feel like Silva was the one who actually made changes um, to make that performance look different. But I feel like Chell was 
pretty much unchanged <laughs> from the first fight, which is uh, which is interesting. Maybe he got a little bigger. But I don't think he was worse, is what I'm saying. I think he was probably the same guy. So does that make me reconsider um, rating the first fight? Yeah, a little bit because Silva just like being able to wizard and create like use a wizard to defend a double and like actually like, create angles and takedown defense um, was really the only thing he actually needed to change to not lose this fight. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he was just falling over super easily from all of us and takedown attempts before. Um, it's like is having a good wrestling performance against a guy who can't defend drive on a shot. Um, does that count? There were a couple times where, where Chuck did fail his takedowns like later in the fight. Um, taking bad shots, but I don't know. Ultimately, I really don't think it's going to matter because these are not high enough quality wins to get Silva anywhere near where people want him on a list like this. Um, you know, I think anyone who's listening to this understands that, yeah, his, his opposition wasn't that impressive, but I think people who have him ranked highly on their all time great lists are using criteria that more heavily favors accomplishments rather than how many good opponents did you beat? Like having a crazy amount of title defenses and the way he did it and stuff like that. People care a lot about that. I don't not care about that. It's just not the system I'm using right now. So there you go. So yeah, maybe you do rate this win because I, I really think it was identical, but if you don't rate this one, then you don't rate the first one that I'm sure of. If you rate the first one, you rate this one. They're the same. Um, so depending on how you feel about these fights, they are they are the same performance <laughs> from from Chael Sonnen, uh, just with Silva changing his approach. So that's interesting, for sure. Um, I don't know, I don't know, and I don't think there's too much more to build on in terms. Of, sorry, it's toasty. Almost spent the whole episode. All right, she was barking. Um, yeah, I mean, like the Brunson and. Bonner wins or Diaz wins aren't really going to do much for his resume at this point. So you pretty much have have it the way it is. So just before we finish up, let me just tell you about where I have him uh, on my list of uh, win havers and why. Uh, so it's not a list of I changed it. It used to be my all-time great list. Now it's my top win collectors of all time. So I think that's a more accurate description of what it is. And if you want to use this as your main criteria for greatness, that's cool. I respect that. Um, I do, but I'm not going to. It's just the list um, feels a little bit safer <laughs> if the public found it, let's say. Um, and they, you know, they would see that this is wins and not a greatness ranking explicitly. So that's probably helpful. So I currently have Anderson Silva at 71. Um, that is going to change pretty soon. Because I'm going to do bad calls on Jake Shields pretty soon. And I'm going to retcon some of his wins. So Jake Shields is above silver right now. That will not last. Um, right now I have Sakurai, Dan Henderson. Oops. Sakurai, Dan Henderson, Belfort, and Diaz as quality wins for Anderson Silva. Um, I think if you're counting Henderson, and I, I rated Henderson too high for sure, but I'm not going to change it right now. Um, I think if you're rating Henderson, you rate Shale. Um, I think if you rate Henderson, yeah, that's really the only other one. <laughs> that's not on there, but uh, I definitely considered taking back the Sakurai rating after I watched the fight. Um, 
it it's it's hard to be objective when you're watching something from the past and you're saying oh this is because it goes both ways you can be like oh this is terrible and people go oh, you have to remember like for the time this is very advanced um but then you don't want to get too far in that direction and be like oh he's surprising me with his competency and i was already i wanted him to be quality and now that he can do a couple of things i'm like yeah for sure but i'm we're holding him to the same standards as the jail sons we just watched and you know, was his pursuit of his win condition much more impressive than that? Like, no. Um, so it, it all depends. I, I think people are going to have their own opinions about how you meet these thresholds or not. It's just my, my opinion. I, honestly, uh, I feel like the service of this list isn't really my specific ratings and rankings, but just to get you to think about it and do your own, you know, evaluations of what you think is quality. But these are definitely the criteria themselves. I think are strong, um, but individual interpretation is going to vary probably wildly from person to person, but it's a much more uh, fruitful thought exercise than like whose accomplishments are best. Cause that's like really just comparing numbers. These are numbers that are aggregated from qualitative evaluations. So that's why I think it's a good thing to do. I think it's fun. Uh, I'm not going to get real mad if you're like, Oh my God, I completely disagree with your ratings for X, Y, Z. Sure. Why not? Um, yeah, that's it for now. So last episode will be next, and that's going to be kind of a, a fun one because it doesn't really, it's not really part of the title reign anymore. All right, see ya.